Hello and welcome to the Life Tools podcast. In school, we learned history and algebra, foreign languages and chemistry, but nobody taught us tools for life. How do we deal with self-doubt? What are beliefs and how do they influence us? How do we find ourselves when we feel lost? And how do we make a healthy decision? Many people learn these things much later in life, after three, four, even five decades of existence, and often the hard way. For a few, like myself, I had to learn them very early. I created this podcast to share with you the tools that have helped me greatly in my own life. They're small actions anybody can take that bring big results over time. Let's get to it. Hello everyone! This week we are talking about personal power. First, let's define what personal power is. There are different definitions for this term, but in this episode, I will use sociologist and author Amy Cuddy's definition, which is the one I most resonate with. She differentiates between social power and personal power and says that these two are very different. Social power is the ability to exert dominance, to influence, or control the behavior of others. Personal power, on the other hand, is freedom from the dominance of others. It is access and control of our inner resources, such as our skills and abilities, our deeply held values, our true personalities, and our boldest selves. In short, social power is power over others, and personal power is power to decide how we want to be and what we want to think, say, and do. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, then you know that I'm not interested in concepts in and of themselves, but in applying them in daily life so that I can access the good that they can offer. So given the above definition of personal power, how do we actually exercise it in daily life? How do we tap into it when we are faced with difficulties? When we feel powerless? When we think the world is unjust? When someone is not treating us well? The answer lies in one word choice. No matter what is happening to us, what we think, how we respond, what we do, is always a choice. In everyday language, we often say, I don't or didn't have a choice. I have to go to work, I don't have a choice. My children fight all the time and I have no choice but to punish them so they don't do it again. My partner is a slob and I have no choice but to put up with it. He is my boss and so I have no choice but to follow his instructions. But is it really that we have no choice? If we truly examine the situation in terms of options and the consequences each option entails, then we see that we do have a choice. When you say that you have to go to work because you have no choice, what you really mean is that you not going to work will bring about an undesirable consequence. The undesirability of the said consequence outweighs the undesirability of showing up for a job you don't like meaning you would rather work at a job you hate than not to have a job and be in financial straits. When you say your children fight all the time and you have no choice but to punish them so they change, what you are really saying is, though punishing your children is an unpleasant experience for you, you do it because the other option, which is to pause, reflect, maybe change yourself or try another method, feels more painful to you than the familiar option of punishing. This other option has never been tried and therefore is not sure to work, and it requires that you question many things about yourself and your children, so it feels very, very uncomfortable. When you say your partner is a slob and you have no choice but to put up with the situation, what you are really saying is, you've tried to change this person and it hasn't worked, 
So either you stay with them or you leave them. And the more scary option is to leave for many reasons. So you choose to stay and accept that they are a slob. When you say you have no choice but to follow your boss's instructions because he is your boss, what you are really saying is you prefer the pain of doing something that doesn't make sense to the pain of potentially losing your job or becoming unpopular with your boss. You might be asking, what good does it do to state things like this when in the end you are likely to stay with the same choice anyway? That's a good point. But what I'm emphasizing here are not the choices themselves or the rightness or wrongness of each. What I am emphasizing is the power of choice. Doing something because you think you have no choice and doing the same thing conscious of the benefit you are reaping from it and knowing that at any given moment you can choose differently are two very different states of mind. One is disempowering, the other empowering. One is running away from something, the other is going towards something. If everything is cause and effect, and I believe it is, then one puts you on the side of effect, the other on the side of cause. If we are to use the analogy of driving, one puts you in the passenger's seat, the other in the driver's seat. And to circle back to Amy Cuddy's definition, in one, you are dominated by the will of others or of your circumstances. In the other, you stand squarely within your circle of control, free from domination. This has immense implications for your well-being and eventually for the kind of life you'll create for yourself. When you feel freer, more in agency of your life, you feel less stress. Less stress means more well-being. Imagine going through your day consciously choosing what perspective you would like to hold about things and what you want to do with your time and energy. Choice is as important with the small things as with the big things because small things added up become big. Do you choose to spend the first half hour of your day reading something inspiring or scrolling on social media? Do you choose to tackle a difficult chunk of work with an I hate this but I have to do it attitude or do you say, I choose to do this and I will make it as pleasant as possible. Maybe I can play music while I work. Do you sit down to lunch with a grateful attitude and an intention to replenish your body well? Or do you mindlessly shovel each spoonful into your mouth miserable about the long second half of the day stretching before you? When in a challenging situation with someone, do you choose to calm yourself down before saying anything? Or do you choose to do what's easiest, which is to let your frustration out then and there? When your kids are not behaving the way you would like them to behave and it's irritating you, do you choose to take it as an opportunity to learn about alternative ways to parent? Or do you choose what is easiest and familiar, which is to raise your voice at them or punish them? As you get ready to go to bed, do you choose to look at the good parts of your day, imperfect as your day was, or do you choose to enumerate what hasn't gone well? Again, the emphasis here is not on right or wrong. Even if we commit to being more and more conscious, there will be times when anger, frustration, disappointment gets the better of us. And that's okay. This is a personal practice and you're not being graded. I find that a very good way to determine which choice is better for me is to focus not on right or wrong or what people say I should or should not do, but on asking myself, does this serve me or not? If this doesn't serve me, what choice would serve me better? What serves us is what contributes to our well-being. What serves us is what is in the direction of inner peace rather than an ego-based win. What serves us is long-term benefit instead of short-term temporary gain. And 
I think this is really important to remember. Quite often, what serves us is what requires strength, courage, honesty, and integrity. So it's not always easy. In the next couple of days, pay attention to the times you find yourself thinking or saying that you don't have a choice. Pause, look at the situation closely and all the options you could actually do if you were ready for all the consequences, and then ask yourself, given all the options in front of me, what do I choose to do and why? In what way does this choice serve me? It may feel a bit forced in the beginning, but keep going. Keep practicing and pay attention to how you feel. Remind yourself of your conscious choice throughout the day and always know that at any moment, you have the option to choose differently. Gradually, you will experience more lightness, more joy, more in the driver's seat of your life than in the passenger seat. That's it for this week. If you found value in this, there are others out there who will as well. Share this podcast, post about it, or leave it a five-star review so others can discover it more easily. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye.